because today is Mother's Day, you know, we're in a series called Happy Together, and we're talking about relationships. So we thought today that what we would do is Anne and I together would share some thoughts about things we learned from our mothers. We have been very, very blessed to have great moms. And the first year that Anne and I were married, we lost our mothers within 90 days of each other. And so we look back on what mom has meant to us and what our mothers have meant to us. And we thought maybe we'd just share some thoughts today about our moms and how valuable and important moms really are and how much we love and appreciate our moms. So let me begin this morning and we're going to kind of go back and forth and share some thoughts. But I want to begin by saying who I am as a person is very much due to the influence of my father. The way I kind of navigate life, the way I deal with people, I kind of learned that, you know, a boy kind of learned that from his dad. But when it comes down to spiritual things, who I am spiritually, I really got that from my mom, not my dad. I've told the story before, but just to tell it real quickly, my father never committed his life to Christ until I was almost 20 years old. And yet I was raised in church, and I'll tell you more of the story in a few minutes. But my mom had an amazing impact on my life in many ways, but especially spiritually. And I want to say this today because I want every mom who maybe your husband isn't serving God or maybe you don't think he's quite as spiritual as he should be, don't beat him up. Don't be putting him down. You do your part in putting Jesus in the life of your children, and I promise you it'll make a difference in their lives. Now, today, let me just give you three words real quickly that I think describe my mom. The first word would be simplicity. Simplicity. My mom didn't complicate things. She didn't complicate life. She didn't make relationships complicated. She didn't make God complicated. My mom was very simple in a lot of ways. But she understood that when things get difficult and complicated in life, if you go back to that common denominator and get, down, get back to square one and get things down to the simple denominators, life becomes so much easier and so much better. And so simplicity is one of the words that I would use to describe my mom. And I want to I read verses of Scripture to you from 1 Peter chapter number 3. And I think they're going to be on the screen. You can follow along with me. Peter wrote these words to wives. He said, do not let your adornment be merely outward. Now, he wasn't saying, women, you shouldn't strive to be beautiful. It's not what he's saying. My mother was a beautiful lady. But he says, don't let your adornment be merely the outward appearance, arranging the hair, wearing gold jewelry, or putting on fancy clothes. Verse 4, he says, rather let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. You know, that was really my mom. She was a beautiful woman, but it wasn't about her hair and her gold jewelry or silver jewelry and, and the clothes that she wore. She always looked beautiful. But my mom was more about the quiet and the gentle spirit. She was really a woman who was simple in so many ways. Another word that describes her, the second word would be contentment. The Bible tells us that godliness with contentment is great gain. She didn't have to have what everybody else had. 
She understood the important things in life. Her God, her husband, her family, the work that she did, the value of that work. She was an amazing woman, and she had such a content spirit. She didn't live with covetousness in her heart. She wasn't looking around, well, what else do I have to have? She was not only a woman who was simple in a lot of ways, but she had this amazing contentment about her. And then the third thing was consistency. Consistency. My mom was the same day after day after day after day after day. I didn't have to worry about what kind of mood is mom going to be in today. Can you talk to mom today? Do you stay away from mom today? My mom was never that way. She was consistent. As a matter of fact, let me take it one step further. What she was at home was the same thing she was at church. What she was at church is the same thing she was at home. Day after day after day. And you know, Romans tells us that we need to let love be without hypocrisy. That was my mom. She was just who she was. She loved God. She loved people. And she lived with simplicity, contentment, and consistency. She was an amazing woman. And one of the things that I learned from my mom and through her example was hospitality. My mom was incredibly hospitable. She loved to entertain and have people into our home. But I really learned from her that hospitality is so much more than that. And hospitality goes so far beyond that. In fact, in Romans chapter 12, there's a section of scripture where the Bible translators have put a heading before this section of scripture that says, behave like a Christian. And then it continues, it's starting in verse 9, it, it continues on to talk about and to list things that are characteristics of the life of someone who is truly a follower of Christ. And in verse 13, it says, distributing to the needs of the saints given to hospitality. You see, hospitality is part of behaving like a Christian. It's part of an expression, an, an outward expression of a life that is following after God. You know, hospitality is defined as the quality or disposition of receiving and treating guests and strangers in a warm, friendly, and generous way. That's the definition of hospitality. And it really comes from the same root word that we get the word hospital from a place that cares for people, right? That's what hospitality is, caring for others. And my mom did that just so much. It's really how she walked out her faith and how she expressed God's love to others around her. And in addition to entertaining and having people in our home, two ways that I, I want to share with you two ways that I really saw her expressing hospitality to others. And the first one was through the fact that she valued people. Anyone who came into our home was treated just like family, even people who she just met for the first time. Now, mind you, I have three older brothers, and so we were all bringing friends into our home at different times. And and I'm sure there were some who came in that my mom was kind of scratching her head about and may have had some real concerns about. But when they were in our home, she treated them like family. She didn't differentiate. She didn't prefer some over another. She treated everyone equally because she saw value in everyone. She treated them all as family. 
valuing every person. Another way that she valued people was by honoring them and, and preferring people over herself. My mom was never a woman who liked to be at the center of attention. And in fact, Mother's Day is always a reminder of that fact to me. Because for us as kids, she never made Mother's Day all about her. She always made sure that we were honoring other women who had been very influential in our family. She never wanted anything to be all about her. She honored and preferred others around her. I can remember countless times seeing her sitting across the kitchen table from someone, just spending time listening to them and showing interest in what was going on in their lives. She valued them. She honored them by showing interest in them. And then she would always be sure to let them know how much God valued them. She always found a way to share her faith with who she was talking to. Her hospitality was a way of expressing God's love to others around her. It's how she walked out her faith. And in 1 Peter 4, 9, it says, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. You know, I think sometimes in today's busy world, we can see it as an inconvenience to take time to really value others and to really extend hospitality to others. But by extending hospitality to others, it just might be the very thing that draws them to Jesus. And in addition to valuing people, another way that I saw her extend hospitality to people was by serving. My mom loved to serve people. And she was always doing something for someone else, whether it was within our home or outside our home. And, you know, in the Bible, when it talks about showing hospitality, it's not just talking about being hospitable to those who we know and those we are comfortable with, but it especially refers to strangers. My mom carried that heart with her wherever she went. And I really admired that about her, that she was willing to serve others beyond her own comfort zone. One thing that really stands out to me and how she did this was that my mom really had a heart for government leaders. And she prayed for them, but she wanted to do more than that. She wanted to extend hospitality and serve them. So in her later years, she and my dad, on a monthly basis, they would go to their state capitol. And they helped host a prayer luncheon every month in the state capitol building for all the government officials and for anyone who worked in the building there. Now, mind you, these are all strangers. This could be a bit of an intimidating setting, but she did not let that stop her. And they would serve lunch, they would bring in a guest speaker, and they would pray for everyone and for their needs. And then they would take time later going from office to office, just extending appreciation to everyone who worked there for all that they did and letting them know that they were continually praying for them and there for them. And they were extending hospitality in their state capital. Everyone she met, she wanted them to know that God loved them. That was her way of sharing her faith with them. But not only did she serve people in that way, in the state capitol and, and um, government officials, 
But she extended hospitality in her own church. She loved serving others in her church. She loved to greet people at the front entrance, welcoming them into God's house. You know, hospitality is not something we just do at home. It's something we take with us everywhere. And as the body of Christ, we are the church. And all of us can be extending hospitality to others who are coming into God's house. Whether we are greeting out at the front doors, whether we're serving out in the parking lot or ushering or serving in the coffee shop or in our community care program, we can be extending hospitality, making people feel welcomed, accepted, and treating them in a warm, friendly, and generous way. You know, my mom's lifestyle of hospitality really helped shape my life. And I hope that maybe today all of us can learn a little something from her and carry that heart of hospitality wherever we go, in our homes with our families, in our workplaces with our coworkers, as well as customers and clients, people we encounter, in our schools, in our neighborhoods, and in the house of God. And you know, our moms, uh, I guess they only met at our wedding probably, because uh, your mom lived out of state. And our mother's hearts were very similar, but yet their lives were very different because they were gifted differently and there were different things to which they were drawn. But one thing that my mom and Ann's mom had in common, they were both servants. They both understood the importance of serving. And, you know, in our church, we're continually reminding people we're all different. We're created differently. God wants us to use our gifts and our abilities, the things, the passions that we have, the things we love and the things that stir up our frustrations. We need to get involved in ministry in those areas. But, you know, as I think about my mom, the, the thing that really I want to drive home to you today, probably more passionately, is that my mom understood that there was a great reward in knowing God and in serving God. Both knowing God and serving God. She understood there's a great reward in that. And she understood the short-term ramifications, but she also understood the long-term ramifications. And Luke chapter 18 talks about this. It says in Luke 18 verse 29, so he said to them, assuredly, this is Jesus speaking, assuredly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or parents or brothers or wife or children for the sake of the kingdom of God who shall not receive many times more in this present time and in the age to come eternal life. My mom really understood this and she lived in such a manner that her life exemplified it. And I want to just explain to you how mom impacted me. My mom loved God passionately, but she served God passionately. She served God passionately. And she served God not because she had to. She served God because she wanted to. She served him out of a heart of love. You know, John wrote and said that we love God because he first loved us. Well, my mom understood the love of God, and as a result, she served God. She loved people, and she served people. Let me just kind of tell you a little bit about my mom. My mom, all of my life until I was out of high school, my mom worked a 40-hour-a-week job, five days a week, 
40 hours a week plus. She worked a regular job. But that wasn't what my mom's life was about. She did that to help provide for the family. My dad had his own business. He had a service station. He was a mechanic. Uh, so mom had her own job because they wanted our family to be comfortable. But I want you to listen to my mom's schedule. She'd get up early in the morning, get the kids ready for school, get them on their way to school. Dad would help do his part. And then mom would drive to work. And then she'd work till 5 o'clock in the evening. Then she would come home. After school, I'd go to my dad's gas station. My sister would go home. And then mom would be there in the evening to fix dinner. But that's just a part of life. Monday nights, she got to rest a little bit. Tuesday night, we had church. She was always there. She was a piano player at church, so she was always at church. Wednesday night was choir rehearsal. So mom was always there because she played piano and she sang in the choir when she wasn't playing piano. Thursday night, mom got to rest again. Two nights a week, believe it or not. Friday night, we had church again. So mom was at church playing piano. Saturday was house cleaning day. Mom cleaned house and did laundry and fixed her hair preparing for Sunday. Saturday night, mom was preparing for church because she not only played piano and sang in the choir, all of my life from the time I was a little kid, mom was a Sunday school teacher. And she didn't teach the children. She taught first young marrieds. Then she taught homemakers class, which was a little older people. And then later on, she taught the college age students. So all of my life, every Saturday night, every free minute, mom was studying getting ready for Sunday, and she poured her life into that, and she did it willingly. But here's how our Sundays looked. At 9.45, we had Sunday school. At 11 o'clock, we had Sunday morning service until about 12.30, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. We would run and get lunch. We would come back because our church had a radio broadcast at 3 o'clock on Sunday afternoon, and mom was there either playing piano or singing in the choir. When that was over at 3.30, we went home, but we were back at church at 6 o'clock for youth service. At 7.30, we had the Sunday evening service, and we were there from 7.30 until usually 9.30, 10 o'clock at night. Then, as a treat for the week, we would go out to eat, and then we would get home at 11 o'clock, 11.30, go to bed, and then get ready to start all over again on Monday morning. And my mom never complained about anything but the housework. She never complained about serving God. She never complained about the other things. It was only the Saturday chores of cleaning house again every single Saturday. But that's what mom's life looked like because mom served in God's house. And I'm going to tell you something. I learned this from my mom. My mom loved God's house. When I was a kid, my dad didn't go to church. He worked six and seven days a week. On Sundays when he didn't work, he would go to the old swap meets in L.A. County and Orange County. Back in the days when it was all used stuff, you know. He would go comb, comb the swap meets looking for old car parts and things because he was a mechanic. I always wanted to hang with Dad on Sundays. But do you know where I was? I was in church from early morning until late night. And I got to tell you something. There were days when I was a kid I didn't like church on Sunday because it was all day and all night. I got tired of it. But when I got to be a teenager, 
and I got involved serving in God's church, I fell in love with God's church, and I learned that from my mom. And our lives revolved around being in church. And then the second thing about mom, she not only loved God's house, she loved God and she knew God. And there's two things that I think really tied into it for me. A lot of it was music. My mom's family was very musical. I grew up in, with, with that influence in my life. And as a kid, when I was five years old, I started singing in church because that's just how our family rolled back in the day. We were all musical. But what I learned from God, or from my mother, two things about knowing God. Number one, the importance of God's word. Because she taught adults in church, Sunday school classes, my mom knew the Bible. She knew it cover to cover. And when you talk to my mom about the important things in life, she didn't give you her opinion. She gave you God's word. She would quote scripture to you. And she didn't have to take time and say, well, let me go look it up. She would just start spitting out the word of God. She understood that God's word was life. And in every situation of life, God's word would bring life to your life. She got that. She understood it. She lived it before us. And she poured God's word into us. And then one other part of that, of course, would have been her prayer life. I can remember as a kid with mom's busy schedule, Saturday afternoons when she got all the housework finished, us kids would be outside playing. And there were many times when I would come into the house on Saturday afternoon to get something to drink or to get a snack. And I wouldn't see mom in the kitchen, wouldn't see her in the living room. I wouldn't, wouldn't see her back in the back part of the house. But I'd go back to her bedroom and the doors would be closed. And I could hear the voice of my mom praying sobbing, crying out to God for two things. Number one, for her husband who was unsaved, who didn't know the Lord. And number two, for revival for our church. That's what mama's concerned about. People getting saved, people coming to Jesus, especially her husband. And all my life growing up, it was embedded in my memory. When you couldn't find mom, if her door was closed, don't open the bedroom door. Don't bother her because mom is praying. Psalms 126, verses 5 and 6. Mom taught me this, and, and many times mom would teach me verses in song. There was a song, that, a song that went with this. But Psalms 126, verses 5 and 6 has these words. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. Verse 6 says... He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. I remember when I was a kid, pardon me for being a baby, but I'm, it is Mother's Day and I am her baby, okay? I remember when I was a kid, one night in the middle of the night, I'm, I'm talking like 3 o'clock in the morning, you know, my bedroom door's closed, but I hear this familiar sound. Mom is in the living room playing the piano in the middle of the night. And I'm thinking, what in the world? I look over at the clock. It's like the middle of the night. I think, what in the world? You know, did somebody die? Are they having a wake? What's going on in there? I don't know what's happening. So I, I, I got up and just kind of stuck my head around the corner. And Mom's sitting at the piano singing and praying and crying. Praying for revival for our church. Praying for a move of God in our city. And as a kid, this was instilled in me. And friends, I'm going to tell you something. 
at 19 years of age. I wasn't there that night, but my mom and dad are sitting in a restaurant with friends, and these Christian friends are talking to my dad, and they just remind of him some things in Scripture that God had fulfilled in his life. And sitting in a restaurant, after mom praying for over 25 years, my dad opened his heart and received Jesus as his Lord and Savior. Moms, don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying for your children. I know why I'm here today. I know why I'm doing this. My sister, I have one sibling, it's a sister. She's five years older than me. After my sister was born, my mom got pregnant several times and kept having miscarriages. And finally one day, she was walking down an old dirt road back in Oklahoma where they lived at the time. She she began to pray and said, God, if you'll give me a son, I'll give him back to you all the days of his life. Same prayer that Hannah prayed. A few months later, I was born. And you know what? It's the joy of my life to fulfill my mom's prayer and to be here today doing what God created me for. It's not, it's not, a, it's not a task. It's not a burden. It's my purpose in life. And it's not that mom made me do this. God heard her cry. God saw her heart. And I'm going to tell you something. For those of you who are sowing in tears, keep sowing in tears, for you will reap in joy. Now it's your turn to cry. <laughs> well, my mom actually came into relationship with the Lord a little bit later in life. And um, when I was about 11 years old, she, along with my dad, they just started feeling like there had to be more to God than what they had experienced to that point. My mom had just a deep hunger for God. And she just had the sense there's got to be more to God. And, you know, they were in a, a church environment that they'd known their whole lives that was full of very genuine, sincere, loving people. But they were never encouraged to read the Bible on their own. And they were never given any wisdom or guidance in how to develop their own personal relationship with Jesus. And my mom just had this burning hunger for God, and she just knew there had to be more to God. Something was missing in their lives. And so she went on a search for God. And she read lots of different books, and she attended all kinds of meetings and different churches. And then one day, it happened. And I was with my parents, and the three of us walked into a church with really a lot of similarities to our church today. And we discovered God's presence like we never had experienced before. And that became a church home, and Jesus became Lord and Savior that day for all three of us. But it was because of my mom's hunger and searching after God that we found that relationship, that we found that place. And in that place, we learned so much. It was all new to us. We learned about Jesus being our Savior, that that meant that we could be saved from the punishment of our sins and spend eternity in heaven. We learned that that meant that we could be saved from living lives all on our own and we could walk out every day in genuine relationship with a living God. And 
We learned about the infilling of the Holy Spirit, and we learned how to read and study the Bible and understand the Bible. And, you know, we learned all of these great things, but it's one thing to just learn those things, and it's another thing to actually walk them out and to put them to work in our lives. And I saw my mom doing that. My dad as well. But my mom, she really just had that continual hunger for God. And she wasn't willing to just sit back and let church teach me about God. She, as she learned and she grew in God, she was teaching me about God. She was making sure I was in the word and putting the word to work in my life. She wasn't willing to just sit back and let church teach me memory verses. No, my mom had me memorizing full chapters of the Bible right along with her. And I absolutely loved it because she was excited about God. She had such a hunger for him. And that was contagious and spilled over unto my life. And you know, in Matthew 5, verse 6, it says, those who are hungry and thirsty to be right with God are happy because they will be filled. And I saw that in my mom's life. Her deep hunger for God not only led her to God, not only led her into a relationship with God, but it caused her to be continually filled by God because she was continually hungry for more and more of him. And, you know, I think it's one thing to tell children, family members, people around us that they should hunger for God, that they should pursue God. But you know what? I learned from my mom that when we actually as individuals take responsibility to do that for ourselves, when we hunger after God, when we pursue God, that's when it becomes contagious. And that's when we live a truly significant life that impacts others around us and leaves a legacy. You know, we've talked about relationship with God and things we learned from mom, but, you know, relationship with God isn't passed on from parents to children. We get it from God ourselves. And God wants all of us to be in relationship with him. He wants us to know him personally. And maybe you're here today and maybe you've never opened your heart to God. Maybe you've never prayed a prayer and said, God, I need you in my life. Maybe you've never really put your faith in Jesus. Or maybe you're here and you've kind of been running down the prodigal road doing your own thing, but you've sat in service today and maybe something's pulling at your heart and you're realizing there's something real about this. You know, nobody wants religion, but all of us want to be in relationship with God. We have that longing in our hearts. It's a longing that nothing else will satisfy. As you sit here today, maybe your heart is saying, you know what, I wish I could know God like that. You can, you can. But it all begins, that whole relationship begins with words. It begins with a prayer. And I want to lead you in a prayer today. And I want to give you an opportunity to just open your heart to God. Friend, let me tell you, God loves you so much. He put his own son on a cross to take all that was wrong with us and give us everything that was right about himself. He wants to pour his goodness, his forgiveness, his blessing into your life. But he needs you to open your heart and say, come in. So I want to lead you in a prayer. It starts with these words. There's nothing magical about my words. Just wrap your faith around these words and let God begin to work in your life. If you would, everybody bow your heads. And I'm going to ask everybody here to just repeat this prayer with me right out loud. You don't need to yell the words. 
But let's all pray this prayer together right out loud. Say, God, I need you. And I open my heart to you. I need a Savior. So I put my faith in Jesus today. Please come into my life. I choose Jesus to be my Savior. I choose Jesus to be my Lord. I want to learn your ways and I want to follow you. So I trust you today. Come into my life and fill me with your goodness. Teach me your ways. I follow you. From this moment forward, you are my God. You are my Father. And I am your child. Thank you for receiving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Before we change the order of things, I want to ask Ann, and we're out of time, I want to ask Ann to just pray for all the moms who are here today before we give you final instructions. Father, I just thank you for every mom in this place today and even those watching online. And Father, I am just asking that you would strengthen and encourage each one today, God. Refresh them, God. Pour out your spirit on them. Father, help them to recognize how vitally important their role is and that they are shaping generations. Father, I pray that that they would just have renewed strength on the inside today, God. Father, give them wisdom and guidance for every day. God, I pray that you would just cause joy to rise up within them beyond what they've experienced before, God, that they would have joy in serving, joy in raising children, joy in influencing those lives, God. And Father, right now I pray for that mom who's encountered loss. God, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would just envelop right now in your comfort comfort her encourage her overshadow her with your strength and your presence God and father for that mom whose heart has been in pain and turmoil over a child that is away from you, maybe away from the family, or in turmoil over a damaged relationship with a child. God, I am asking that you would strengthen and encourage her heart this morning. And God, I pray in the name of Jesus that faith would rise up within her. And God, that confident assurance, hope would rise up within her and that she would not give up standing in faith. She would not give up praying and she would know today that you are in control, God, and you are restoring and healing relationships and you are bringing that child home in the name of Jesus. And we thank you and we praise you. Thank you, God, for these amazing moms in this place today. Pour out your blessings on all of them in Jesus' name. Amen.